listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 The Vegas lead on Monday is what are the squares saying today? Let's make sure we inoculate the listeners away from some of these mistakes, some of these overreactions. Uh, I'm going to start with the best team of the last couple years, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're back. Everything's fine. And especially Mahomes. Oh, he, he was you know kind of off for a while, but Mahomes is back. Not true. Not true at all. If you look at, they were, you know, let's be candid. This is a team that was losing at halftime. And you could say, what, what difference does that make? They entered this game in a must-win mode. And to be so flat that you're losing at halftime against Washington? I don't know. And then if you look at Mahomes, he's got a 51. He had QBR, which is well below average, or at least below average, for all quarterbacks, not just, you know, the best of all time talent-wise, supposedly. And again, I like Mahomes, but I think there was some premature celebration for him being, like, better than Brady, you know, in his prime, Brady's prime, 67 at PFF, which is below average. So in a game in which you can't imagine that motivation would be the issue, in a game that they actually covered, which is a rare thing for them, Mahomes didn't look good, and he continued with the turnovers. So to me, hey, nice win. It helps you in the standings. But I got still big questions about why is Mahomes turning the ball over so much? Why is he playing so poorly? Yeah, I asked Fezzik uh, when we did our pod on Wednesday what the odds were that Patrick Mahomes ends up throwing 20 interceptions this year. He said 1%. I think we may need to adjust. I think that... Or the, maybe bet Fezzik. Maybe I need the bet Fezzik because it's funny. You, you mentioned, oh, they're down at halftime. And normally with the with the Chiefs, you'd say, well, their defense just stunk. No, their offense was the problem in the first half. And they did figure something out in the second half. But again, Patrick Mahomes turning the ball over. That's what separated him from everybody else is he just doesn't do it. And now nine turnovers so far in 2021 through six games that's more than any season outside his very first one full year. So the squares are looking at the score, looking at the yards, because Mahomes had a lot of yards. Yep. But by any or any and all efficiency metrics, not a even good game for Mahomes in a place against a surprisingly bad defense in a must-win spot. These are the games that are supposed to be, you know, twenty-three out of 29 kind of games. It wasn't. Okay, number two, what are the squares saying? And these are two teams are getting this treatment. The Browns, what's wrong with them? They stink. And you know, Balachek without Brady. They, oh, you see they're two and four? Wrong. Squares are being square. <laughs> All right, this is where close losses can hurt you is when the inevitable really bad loss happens. The Browns could have easily been undefeated, I think it's fair to say. You agree. agree? Okay. So if they're undefeated and they lose this game in a surprisingly impressive victory by Arizona, if the Browns lose this game and they're undefeated prior, 
It's like, ah, it happens. They're basically the Rams at that point. With one really bad loss. Sure. And my point would be, who doesn't have a bad loss? I can think of, well, Arizona. And Dallas. And Dallas. And I think that's telling. But everyone else, even, you know. Uh, the I Bills mean, have one. Uh, well, yeah, they do. And they're they have, con- considered the best team in the league by by most. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, we'll see tonight. We'll talk we'll about see it tonight. tonight. But you're right. There's certainly a lot of people that look at the Bills as the best team. Uh, the more we see from KC, the more I think we've got to reevaluate a lot of these, hey, look how good they looked against KC. But the reality is that if the Browns had won those two, this would be like any other, you know, it's a bad loss, but it's one. But when you lose two close games and now you're three and three, the sense is, uh-oh, what's going on? And Baker is a different conversation, and he didn't look good. And I think he hasn't. Re- I think he's underperformed the entire year, but I still believe that if you just count the close losses or close wins as half a win, and then the only time you get a full win is if you have a clear victory. And remember, one of the things we do is fourth quarter win share, which is we look at every play in the fourth quarter, look at the win percentage was projected, and then prorate it later where the later points of the game are more important. And we will tell you what was the chance of winning the game. And McKenzie, I got the win share right here. We don't need McKenzie. We'll let him calculate it, but we don't need him to tell us. If you look, why don't you look up the Browns, though, um, other than this game? What was their worst win share? All right, Tommy, you can put that up on the board when you got it. We're straight out of Vegas. And to me... I well, let me ask you this: What's the Browns' second worst game? It, the, the one that feels the worst to me is the Chiefs' loss because it felt like they should have won it, and they found. But, a but way I'm to, not talking to, about worse about their emotions. I'm talking about worse as in like least impressive. I mean, there there isn't a second least impressive. Meaning maybe it is the Chiefs, right? So if that's your second least impressive. Right? I mean, their their other two losses were close losses to the Chargers and the Chiefs, who I think are still a well above average. Yeah, no, for sure. So when your second worst loss is to the Chiefs in Kansas City in a game in which you probably should have won, it means you're playing pretty good. So let's not overreact. And if you look at New England, and this is going to sound funny, what was New England's second worst game of the year? Oof. I mean, they, they had there a, isn't one. There isn't one. They they had one bad bad loss, and every everything else has looked pretty solid. So if you say <laughs> how many games have has New England been out of it, it'd be one against New Orleans. How the, many? Their second worst performance is probably almost losing to the Texans, yeah, and they won yeah, the game. Yeah, but when you win the game, it's it's <laughs> fair enough. So Browns had a twenty six percent win percentage in the fourth quarter against Kansas City. And 53% against the Chargers. So it really is a situation that they, the Kansas City, that win percentage looks smaller than people's gut feelings. But if you look at the whole game, that's a fourth quarter. You know, Cleveland looked good. And New England certainly has underperformed, no doubt. But if you really say, show me the games that show that the Pats stink, you've got one game and that's it. That's it. You either won or you were very tight. So 
let's not be square and overreact. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Next topic. Raiders don't miss Gruden. They're not going to miss Gruden. They win easily against the Broncos. Now, the 10-point, you might say, that doesn't seem so easy. But if you actually look again at the fourth-quarter win share, which, again, is saying, what was a real chance to win this game? Denver had about a 1% chance. They The Raiders dominated this game. It's a lot. The final score is a lot closer than the game was. So you might say, RJ, that, that's backing what the squares are saying. Yeah, look in the box score. 4-0 turnover margin. Four turnovers for Denver. Zero for the Raiders. And the odds of winning a game when you're down 4-0 in turnovers is less than 10%. And... It, the fact they only won by 10 and you're up 4-0 in turnovers, that actually feels like an underperformance. But let's not say that either because they did dominate some stats and such. But in general, very impressive from the Raiders. I'm not so sure what it means about them long term. Thoughts on that? I, I agree with what you're saying. I think y- you could also look at the the Broncos now and after that three-game start, the 3-0 start against the Giants, Jags, and Jets – now they've played the Ravens, Steelers, and Raiders. They're losing games. Maybe maybe people got too excited about what Denver was. We have another we have another topic later in the show, which is the squares are obviously right, or some variation of that we'll call it. But yeah, there's gonna be times that we can run through here and say, well, what are the squares saying and and are they correct? Yeah, the Lions and the Texans are really bad, and sometimes effort's going to make a difference, and sometimes it's not, okay? And uh, Geno Smith is bad. Right? Bad at Squ- football. Squares, squares aren't – listen, a broken clock is right twice a day. That's Think about that. That's serious knowledge. Yeah. Well, nowadays, though, if a clock is broken, the digital will just be, like, blank. Yeah, that's not good. It's <laughs> but never right. An old mechanical clock <laughs> – Broken is right twice a day. Okay. Um, oh, dolphins are struggling. Dolphins are struggling. Squares are saying that, and I think it's true too. Um, the sky's blue. Sky is blue. <laughs> okay. And finally, oh, Aaron Rodgers owns Chicago. That is, I think the sharps and squares agree that Aaron Rodgers owns Chicago. So I agree <laughs> that, that, that the Broncos look too good. Now, the fact is, you were anti Bronco. Did you just want to ju- did you want to just jump the segment so you could get in there like a dig on the Broncos? Yes. Okay. Every so, chance I get. So wouldn't you say Arizona maybe was the other team that you've been kind of Arizona's the other team I was not I was as low quick, on. Not as quick on that one. Well, we just haven't gotten to discuss oh, them yet. All right. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, RJ, you're considered the sharpest of the sharp out there. What, what, what do you and your brethren, what are you guys saying after this week? I'm going to start with the Chargers because you love the Chargers. I, you, you I, I do. A, you, you re, I mean, I, I hope you haven't thrown away that bobblehead. Of, I felt like they cheated on me this week, but I still love them. <laughs> the, <laughs> they, though they could win a Super Bowl, and I still believe that, a lot of what they've been doing has been about fourth down, third down conversions and fourth down conversions. So think about it. It's called a high leverage situation. So it's third and three on the three. So this is red zone, but similar concept. If you complete the pass, it's seven points. You don't complete the pass, it's three points. That is effectively a four-point play. Now, what play during any normal drive is ever going to be that big of a play? But if it's second and 10 and you get zero yards, an unsuccessful play, okay, on the 50. But if it's third and two and you get one yard unsuccessful, that's much worse. So later in the downs, obviously, the the stakes go up. And if you are doing much, much better on third down or and or fourth down, then you do the other downs, it rarely, if ever, lasts. Because it's two different samples, and you know what? Sometimes small samples, it can just get lucky. I mean, uh, Chargers were, was it eight for eight on fourth downs? They, they did from uh, snap from scrimmage. Yes. They had a fake punt that failed, but okay. They were one for four. All right, so that's literally three possessions of the game ended because they didn't convert a fourth down that the rest of the season they've converted all of them which is irrational. So I think the Chargers aren't as good as they seemed, but they're not as bad as they are here because you should convert two or three of the four. I mean, probably more towards two. Uh, When you only do one, hey, that's a whole possession. And obviously the Ravens did a lot of things right. Defensively especially. This is the second worst QBR game of Justin Herbert's career, the the worst being last year against the Patriots, a rookie QB against the Patriots. They lost that game 45 to nothing. But the Ravens just presented a lot of things that Justin Herbert had either hadn't seen or wasn't comfortable with. They made him uncomfortable all day. And you've mentioned this about the Chargers before, a team that welcomes other teams to run against them. Well, the the Ravens did that. They did they didn't need Lamar Jackson to go out there and have one of these, you know, 280-yard games that he's been having. They just did old school Ravens stuff and just dominated this game. No doubt. And the Ravens are going to be in our big questions cuz there's not always a clear answer and I think there's about two big questions this week we've got to answer. Okay. So, Chargers aren't as bad as they seem. Not as good as they seemed earlier in the season. Fourth down conversions being a big part of it. Number two, the Dallas Cowboys are really, really good. You might say, RJ, everyone thinks that. Yeah, but usually the public overreacts to Dallas. Usually the public overreacts to a good start to the season. But here's why I think at least proof positive of how good Dallas is, is what is Dallas's worst game? I'm not talking about their second worst game. Because we've been doing it for, we've been dismissing 
you know, oh, Green Bay had that horrible game against New Orleans and uh, Bills against the Steelers. And we can go down, you know, Ravens against the Lions, you could say, right, obviously. I mean, because that was probably the worst, Yeah. even though they won. What's Dallas's worst game? Losing opening night at Tampa. Wait, you go into the defending <laughs> Super Bowl? I mean, you'd have to say, I mean, that was their one loss. The only other game, well, listen, this game went to overtime. I don't feel like the Cowboys. Yeah, but the Cowboys pretty much dominated. I felt that way as well. The only other game that they haven't really felt like they were in control of the entire time was at the Chargers, and they won that game in overtime as well. And and listen, they've, they've not had many moments of doubt this season. So the only teams, you know, so what we would say is Arizona, who's undefeated, their worst game was against Washington, or I'm check that against Minnesota. Field goal could have beat them. Okay, I would make the case that's worse, even though they they have zero losses. Then Dallas is worse, which is going into Tampa, and I think Dallas losing in the last 20 seconds to Tampa is more impressive than Arizona beating uh, Minnesota on a missed field goal by Minnesota. Agreed. So you could make the case that Dallas has the most unblemished, not just losses, but performance record this year. That's why they're unbeaten against the spread. Well, uh, the great equalizer, as you call it. It's a good point. So that's interesting. What, what, what spread, Mackenzie, what was the closest Dallas went to losing the spread? So they, they covered handily against Tampa. I, I guess if you think of the Chargers, they won. They were getting three and a half. So what was their smallest ATS margin? Sunday, yesterday, there was a two points ATS margin. Okay. Before but, that was uh, week four at Carolina, covered the spread by three and a half points, winning by eight. Okay. If you think about it, though, and let's give Dallas credit, but if you had a ticket of New England plus three and oh. a half, <laughs> oh. I, I mean, if you want to understand why – bookies when they start complaining about stuff you know they just should it's almost like they should be disqualified I don't even know what that you know canceled because (laughs) it's like if you're a player and you had New England once the Patriots get the ball in overtime and don't score you're like oh well if you got a Cowboys ticket, you're screwed because the Cowboys are just going to go down, kick yeah. a cheap shot field goal, and Patriots backers, they're going to cover. I mean, with nope. McCarthy, it might be a 60-yarder even. <laughs> you know, kneel it out. But I'll I tell you this. If you watch the end of that game, which was one of the most amazing, how they got to overtime. Like, at a certain point, you could have said, well, getting three and a half, I don't see – because it was a one-point game – like with what three minutes left? How does a one point game get to overtime with like three minutes? I don't think I've ever seen that. Have you? I don't know that I have either. No. So, and if they don't get to overtime, it's almost impossible for you to lose anyway. Yep. So it was like, oh my gosh! You know, tomorrow I'm going to look into it. What was the ATS percentage chance for? New England. It had to be over 90% throughout the fourth. I saw the Superbook uh, Twitter account tweeted out the reaction of people in the book after. I don't think the Superbook was as thrilled as the people sitting in the sports book were about the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> hitting that touchdown. All right. So Dallas, though a lot of batters, especially with their undefeated, though the money came in on New England, the undefeated ATS. That was me getting lucky with Dallas. Oh, my gosh. 
The first time I've beat Fez in a bet all year. That's what it took. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, In the NFL. In the NFL. All right. That's Fez's fashionity. Last, what the Sharps are saying. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. (sighs) Sam Darnold. Now, listen. I could be taking my victory laps at this point. I mean, he looks worse than he did at the Jets. What was his QBR? One second. Yeah, take a minute with that. Um, But I've got some insight that actually mitigates it just a little bit, mitigates the, the shame of the performance. And I think what we're seeing here is McCaffrey, who everyone knows he's a good running back, but a lot of people say running backs are not as valuable as people think. Don't take them in the first round. Running backs don't matter. That's what the analytics gurus say. But I think for Darnold, having a security blanket, a check down that he could trust, that he could think this isn't just a wasted play, even if we're behind, get it to McCaffrey, it prevented him from making a lot of those atrocious throws that he just tends to do. When he forces the ball, it is bad. And by the way, QBR for week six, so yesterday, 33 and I think that got boosted with about five minutes to go in the fourth. I mean, it was it was dreadful at one point. So, in general, we could say, oh, Sam Darnold. My name is Casper. But we won't. Well, we did. But we won't only. <laughs> what we'll do is say, hey, he needs a security blanket. And you know what? Linus did too. <laughs> right? So, I don't know. I just know that... Oh, I don't hear quite as much from the Sam Darnold contingent. No. In fact, yesterday on Twitter.com, most Jets fans were celebrating getting anything in return for Sam Darnold. Because Wait, is that www.twitter.com? That's same one. Okay, okay. I'm familiar. HTTP slash. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's a backslash. That's AJ Hoffman. I'm RJ Bell. Straight out of Vegas. Okay. But the point is, I do believe that Darnold, in the perfect context, can be the 24th best quarterback. Why you would trade for him, and I can take the trade. But picking up that fifth-year option is one of the dumbest things. I've been on air. How many times have I said that, McKenzie? You said that 17 times by my count on this show. Yeah, and I've been right every time. (laughs) It was insane. Can you defend that? I, the only way I think you can defend it is by saying, well, he was gonna. we were giving up these assets to get him. We want to make sure we at least get a, a fair look at what we traded for. It's good. I think you done got the look. And you've I think got a so whole too. more than half a season, <laughs> and then you're going to have a whole new season. He's going to be like $24 million next year. Yeah, and, and you're still paying Ted, Ted Bridgewater's contract. Why in the world would you – like, if he had a great year, pay the guy. Well, it's funny because you think of, you know, the, the Panthers owner is a really, really smart yeah. guy, but he's made some really well, questionable I decisions. I don't think he's making these moves. I think what he's doing is he's telling the, the, the uh, personnel people at Carolina, I don't want to wait, be bold, be aggressive, and this is the result. Not impressive. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.